0: the dark side. I'm your host Brianna
1: and I'm Dyson
0: and this is Dark Adaptation. arrived it is the final part of the crimes of Dellen Millard
1: we made it baby
0: <laughs> holy hell
1: this is a lot of fucking crimes
0: it's so much crime so, so many Dellen
1: so many dumb ass missions
0: so many dumb things so many Yo. dumb people uh
1: there's a fucking rat tail in there cause oh. of course there is he's yeah. that kid
0: customary side braid I think
1: <laughs> he would I bet he <laughs> I bet He only he got it in prison Because he realized he likes when it gets pulled
0: Oh maybe <laughs> Maybe Come here rat boy <laughs> Tell him a Lord <"Millard>, rat boy
1: <laughs> That's his bio flick Rat boy
0: <laughs> I mean Why not Yeah. tell him yeah. Oh, so that's it this is of of it shit. this is it this is it this is it don't get scared now <laughs> <laughs> the final part seven parts what the fucking hell i thought this was gonna be four parts <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> but um let's just do it let's let's wrap this wrap this whole thing up man yeah let's do it it's uh last week We talked about... It's last week.
1: (laughs) It's last week.
0: (laughs) Last week, we talked about Wayne Millard and how Dellen was convicted of his murder and sentenced to a third life sentence. 75-year ineligibility. Parole ineligibility. Yeah. Mm, Is it, though?
1: I don't like that we're asking that question. I liked what we were at. I liked the I liked the seventy years till eligibility for parole.
0: I mean, in I. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the appeals that Dellen and Mark had been filing, and then some other stuff and things and whatnot. All right. So as we know, Dellen appealed all three of his convictions. He had a lawyer for his uh, appeal for the murder conviction. Of Laura, but represented himself in Wayne and Tim's cases because he says he didn't have enough time to retain counsel. And then when he was like petitioning to get the dates pushed back, they were like, "No." Oh. So yeah, he was like, "I don't (laughs) have (laughs) counsel."
1: Your Honor, oh, counsel.
0: It's like whatever. You're allowed to represent yourself, and so you shall, Gallen. His conviction appeal for murdering his father was immediately dismissed by the court. They basically were like, no, the evidence is overwhelming, and you're guilty, so no new trial for you.
2: Mm.
1: Good.
0: <laughs> Both Dallin and Mark appealed their convictions for the murders of Tim Bosma and Laura Babcock. Appeals for Laura's murder were heard by the courts on March 13th, 2023. Sounds like, what, three months ago? Yep. Mark's appeal said he had no motive to murder Laura and shouldn't have been convicted of first-degree murder. There's basically only evidence to point to aiding and abetting. And the appeal said that the trial judge did not properly instruct the jury how to balance the cases against each of the accused. And how they weren't properly instructed how to determine Mark's liability for the murder. Since much of the evidence against him related to his conduct after the fact. So... That's what they were saying in the appeal. Okay. Dellen's appeal argued the judge denied his fair trial rights by denying him an adjournment when he claimed he needed more time to find a lawyer. And he said Mark's rap lyrics should not have been permitted as evidence against him.
1: Look, they they actually were. <laughs> they were actually a crime against everyone involved.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a crime against humanity.
1: Yeah. Sorry, everyone, for when I put that in there. No, you're not no i'm not
0: and i'm not either because it's part of it right
1: yeah
0: it's not you gotta know
1: if we have to listen to it so do you that's the
0: rule (laughs) on june 15th 2023 which is literally like four days ago the uh, from when we're recording this yeah by the time you guys hear it it was like a week and four days ago so that's like 11 days ago (laughs) okay Okay, so june 15th 2023 the court upheld the convictions against Mark and Dylan, so their appeals were rejected, and there's no new Laura Babcock trial for them.
2: Okay, good.
0: Conviction appeals in the murder of Tim Bosma were heard on March 15, 2023. Mark's lawyer said, "Quote: The judge failed to properly instruct the jury on the necessary timing of planning and deliberation for first-degree murder." He also said Dylan's letters getting out of jail to Christina allegedly transported by Dellen's lawyer, proves Dellen can manipulate anyone, even a lawyer. So Mark didn't stand a chance with his learning disabilities and undiagnosed ADHD.
1: I like that they threw in the ADHD. I threw
0: in the ADHD. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I did read an article and it says that he had some learning disabilities and he had undiagnosed ADHD, so (laughs) it's just the lawyer is saying, if Dallin can manipulate even his lawyer. Then Mark doesn't stand a chance, and it's, it's because of those.
1: Yeah, he probably had the biggest shit-eating grin as he said that, <laughs> like pointing to his client. He's like, "Come on, look at this. Look at guy.
0: Him.
2: Put
1: the glue down. Where do you even get that
0: <laughs> contraband?" <laughs> Dallin paste. Oh, ew. In um, the Conviction Appeals for the Murder of Tim Bosma, Dellen complained. Uh, He also complained, just like Mark's appeal did, about a lack of instruction to the jury. Except Dellen said, quote, The consequence was an unfair trial that no instruction was capable of correcting. I submit that my trial was unfair and resulted in a miscarriage of justice. He also said, quote, counsel for Mr. Smitch, 14 times referred to me as twisted, 17 times a lunatic, six times a killer, three times as demented, twice as a madman, and twice again as having a criminal mind. And? Well, Well, he said that this was character evidence backed by emotions and not facts. Quote, I was characterized as the perfect villain. Wealthy, privileged, seemingly powerful, and advantaged. Evidence fell short of proving the murder was planned.
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: That's happens when you represent yourself.
1: Oh, what do you mean? That's an to hey, Jesus Christ. They're teaching this in law school, I'm telling you.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was characterized as the perfect villain. Wealthy, privileged, seemingly powerful, and advantaged.
1: They pretty much made me out to be like Batman or something like,
0: what a cool guy what <clears throat> what a misrepresented man <laughs> <laughs> So the three justice panel were in agreement that the judge handled Tim Bosma's murder trial well everything was properly addressed and instructed and on June 14th 2023 they dismissed the appeals their convictions were upheld no new Tim Bosma trial yay so all three of well, The two of Mark's appeals were rejected. All three of Dellen's were rejected. But that doesn't end the appeals discussion, though, you know? So Mark and Dellen had also been appealing their sentences. The no parole eligibility for 75 years for Dellen and 50 years for Mark. Then in 2022... A Supreme Court of Canada decision struck down consecutive parole and inel- ineligibility periods as unconstitutional and cruel and unusual punishment.
1: Oh uh, You know what's
0: cruel and unusual?
1: Supreme Court. What is?
0: Um, everything that Dylan and Mark did.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good fucking point.
0: Everything? Yeah. Murdering three people. Well, Mark murdering two people, Dallin murdering three people, including his own father, disposing of two of those people in an incinerator—that's pretty cruel and unusual.
1: Yeah, you think in twenty-five years they're just gonna get over it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Dallin and Mark seventy-five and fifty-year seventy-five and fifty-year ineligibility periods were reduced to twenty-five years ineligible, meaning that they are now eligible for parole by twenty thirty-eight. God
1: damn it, Canada.
0: I mean, it does it does just mean eligible. I know. So, like, uh, I don't think Dylan even stands a chance. I hope Mark doesn't stand a chance either, but it's still annoying because what something that was so good about the 50 to 75 years, like respectively, for the two of them, is that when you go to court for parole eligibility, a lot of the times you know, the victim's families and stuff go so that they can make a statement saying like why the case still affects them and how they'll never have their loved one and blah, blah, blah. Like they usually get to say something. Mm -hmm. So if it was 15, 75 years later, a lot of the people wouldn't have to really worry about that.
1: Yeah, they have to, now they gotta reopen the wounds every time. At this point, it's
0: 15 years away. That Mm -hmm. And you know they're going to apply for parole. Yeah. You know they will. Yeah. So now it's like, 15 years will come before you know it mm. and they'll be right back there so like it's just so fucking unfair oh it's it's unconstitutional it's cruel and unusual it's like how about don't be a fucking serial killer how about that how about that damn
1: <laughs> at parole like <laughs> i would just be playing his rap song and be like just for that no still just for that no
0: still no hopefully they just get struck down immediately
1: i have a feeling that they're this is one of those ones where like everyone knows them and they're like "Mm, no i'm not gonna be the guy responsible for this no you're staying in prison
0: i mean yeah i it would be absurd if it went any other way i just feel bad for the families
1: yeah it's fucking horseshit
0: the drama with Dylan doesn't stop, you know? So in July 2021, Dylan was involved in a fight at Millhaven Institution. That's the prison that he's held at. And in this fight, he apparently restrained a man while another inmate stabbed him. The man, not Dylan. And the victim survived. Sure. And Dylan and the other man were charged with assault, causing bodily harm and weapons possessions. And the co accused pled guilty, but, you know, it's Dylan, so he pled not guilty. <laughs> like, duh.
1: Jesus Christ! he's Even in prison, <laughs> just fucking like—is he in like a—is he—he is he in like max security? Oh yeah. he's
0: in maximum security. Okay, then some.
1: absolutely fuck this guy because like, max security versus medium like max security is like isolating you, like it's like so limiting stupid. the amount yeah. of interaction you have with other uh inmates. So like, even with the slightest like leeway he fucking did that
0: he claims he didn't you know he claims <laughs> that he was stepping in the middle of two other people fighting i uh-huh. was just trying to break it up
1: but then these two other guys <laughs> said that he held him back and well, let him stab him
0: it was like 2v1 yeah so it was Dylan and the co accused versus this one guy but Dylan is saying no it was those two fighting and i stepped in to help so, the weapon charge was dropped for lack of evidence, but he was convicted of the assault charge in March 2023. So, like, I mean, at this point, he's already in prison for fucking ever, but he's, he's just misbehaving. Yep. But, of course, he's saying, it wasn't me. All I did was step in and, and like try and break up the fight. And then he represented himself. Of course. Of, like, obviously. Yeah. And so, he was calling people to testify that were fellow inmates. hmm And... At first, they were saying, yeah, I saw Dallin. He was just stepping in to try and break up the fight. I could hear him yelling to break it up and to just lock up, which means, like, just go back to your cell and, like, don't do this. Yeah. But then under cross-examination, it just crumbled. It cracked so easily. And and they're, like, in a maximum security prison. God knows what they're in prison for. So when they were... Getting cross-examined and the story was falling apart. They just started to get angry and agitated. Shocker. So, yeah. um, Even the lawyer for like the prosecution side, I forget what their name was, Kavanaugh maybe, but he was saying like or she, I don't know, they were saying, Mm -hmm. alluding to the fact that they were doing this for Dylan as like a favor. (laughs) A return for something that Dylan yeah. had done for them. Yeah, probably. So, plus, the like you're saying, it's a maximum security. A lot of these people were in their cells. And a way that inmates will, like, look around when they're stuck in their cell is by sticking a mirror out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they'll, like, look around down the hallways and stuff with a mirror. So, the one guy that was giving testimony on Dylan's behalf said that he was watching what was going down through, like, a mirror. yeah. Like it was just it was wild story, man. (laughs) So yeah,
1: Christ, just imagine! I can't believe they let him cart out inmates.
0: They probably were like, like via Zoom.
1: Oh, okay, all right. I thought for a second like he was just giving some of his friends a day out.
0: No, they were. It was like video conferenced in. Okay. Same with like their appeal convictions that they were appealing. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out how i wanted to yeah um each of the convictions they were appealing when they were meeting with the like justice panels and stuff judge panels it was all through zoom
1: right covid we had a whole
0: yeah and also like you just realize now it's easier yeah,
1: yeah. so oh
0: you know, that was just a little bit of and drama you know
1: i wish he was the one that was getting beat
2: up
0: he's the one that was stabbed and didn't make it what <laughs> now, this is the section of the episode that I like to call random facts slash information.
1: That's a catchy section <laughs> right there.
0: So this is just stuff that I... uh Found out like after, you know, the main research to whatever topic it related to or just that I kind of thought was cool, you know, or interesting that I'm just going to throw in now. Okay. So when the Tim Bosma case was unfolding and Dylan was arrested, the OPP tech crime unit had the monumental task of reviewing over 30 terabytes of electronic data.
1: Oh, shit. That's a fuck ton. That is 30 terabytes?
0: 30,000 gigs. 30,000 gigs. And this was from a total of 67 quote exhibits that included 13 cell phones, 15 workstations, nine laptops, multiple GPS devices, and many removable media, which I think means like hard drives and memory cards and thumb drives and stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh yeah, 30 terabytes. At the time, it was the largest electronic seizure in a homicide investigation that these police forces had ever had to deal with.
1: holy
0: shit. Or one of the largest. Did I say the largest? It was one of the largest. One of the largest. Okay. They had to make copies of everything, process the data, analyze the contents, and then catalog everything for evidence storage and court. And then on Dellen's computer alone, there was 12 iPhone backups of photos and videos and stuff. With each media file containing metadata, metadata,
1: Meta, Well, yeah, okay.
0: Me- uh, which was also examined, mm-hmm. and GPS coordinates are mm-hmm. part of the metadata, which is how so much of Dellen's movements were tracked and chronicled.
1: I bet that blew his mind. Who's Dellen? He's probably that. Was- that your photos have gps location in it yeah that doesn't even sound credible this
0: is a cover like this is staging man
1: are you pulling my rat tail right now
0: (laughs) 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 stupid face you made
1: how could you i like i can't i can't not
0: i know and i had to of course show you the photo of the rat tail which listeners (sighs) probably would have seen at this point yeah because if you followed us on instagram guys it was much
1: longer than you expected wasn't it
0: um in the real life photo, probably. Yeah. In the court, In court one, they
1: were, it was quite a modest.
0: It was a must. It was a mud, modest, appendage. customary side braid. And then it turned into a football rattle. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting that that the OPP Tech Crime Unit had to go through thirty thousand gigs. Yeah. Why are you laughing?
1: Sorry, I was imagining him cracking it like a bull whip in court.
0: You're an idiot. Your Honor, <laughs> I object. My rat tail says no. <laughs> All
1: right. Anyway, uh, back to your well-researched episode here.
0: <laughs> I just thought that was a, a a cool bit of information. You know how mm. much data there was. Basically, just this monumental, monumental undertaking of this. All this electronic data, which, as I've mentioned, like throughout this series, is such a huge part in the case, and being able to track his movements, and because he took so many photos and always had his stupid fucking phones on him, um, it it was just basically like a pinnacle.
2: Yeah, like in this you,
0: case,
1: like terabytes, thirty terabytes,
0: thirty terabytes <clears throat> over a total of thirteen cell phones, fifteen workstations, nine laptops. And then add on top of that endless hard drives and GPS devices and stuff. And the OPP crime unit, tech crime unit went through all of it.
1: Sorry, I was trying to put that through my head there for a minute. Cause like your phones are not terabytes, right? They're 32 gigs.
2: If you're, yeah. Your
1: laptop, if it's high end and you got the most expensive one, is maybe a tera, but usually probably around 500. Like, he is racking shit up.
0: Thirty terabytes.
1: That's insane. Thirty
0: thousand gigabytes. That's so much. Imagine you're and the...
1: used too. Like yeah, yeah. Used like so. Like even if he had a laptop, it was a terabyte hard drive. It's not a terabyte of data. What the fuck was this kid? Just always on his phone, always taking photos, always fucking. Oh God.
0: Mhm. Yeah, he was. That's ridiculous. Like, that's a lot of stuff 13 cell phones 15 workstations i think it means like the towers you know for the computers
1: yeah like the pc yeah Yeah.
0: and then laptops on top of that like holy fuck so crazy and but man those those uh crime scene tech crime unit opp people did the damn thing
1: yeah well they'd be forensic right
0: yeah it was uh like Technology forensic crime yeah. unit that did this.
1: It's a bunch of, that's a lot of nerds while looking at a bunch of fucking useless shit on a computer. I oh know,
0: imagine how much painful shit you would have had to sit through.
1: Oh God, all these dumb fucking rap videos. Like we, two of those rap videos came up into the trials. And like, that was, that was for a murder case. Imagine how many are just unrelated. Yeah. Just a fuck ton of them. I'm
0: just, was- Probably just filming stupid shit. Plus, think of Dylan and and his fucking Molly crew. Like, they were probably filming everything and just being fucking idiots. So there's probably so much, like, video that they had to watch. And it was just nerds wedging each other or some shit. <laughs> just
1: playing <laughs> grab ass with each other.
0: <laughs> uh, something that was cool is that one of the photos that was, like, recovered from one of Dylan's phones... Was a close-up of a gun. And there's a finger in the shot. An index finger. And you can see the fingerprint. Oh. Perfectly. And a forensic examiner was actually able to match the fingerprint to Dellen.
1: Well, there you fucking go. So
0: Dellen is bas- like literally caught red-handed holding the gun that killed Tim Bosma in that photo. I thought that was so cool.
1: Yeah. Man, that's a fucking needle in a haystack, though. You, all this shit you gotta drudge through. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So, you know, they were really looking at it all.
1: Yeah. They weren't just, like, skimming, like, next, next, next.
0: Boring, boring, boring. <laughs> <laughs> <Late>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I also found out that in total there was 65 letters to Christina. You know how we are all, how we had to sit through that.
2: Yep. <laughs>
1: Yep.
0: In one letter, Dellen actually tells Christina that Laura overdosed with Mark Smitch for mixing her prescription with cocaine, from mixing her prescription with cocaine. So in a letter, he literally was like, Yeah, man, like, I don't know. She was with Mark and like OD'd.
1: (laughs) Oh my
2: God.
0: And then I dove into the letters a bit more because I was curious, like I had said last week, about Dellen's lawyer and what happened there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the short answer is nothing.
1: Nothing happened?
0: So, no. Nothing. Oh. Nothing happened. Uh. <laughs> According to a CBC News article by Adam Carter, which was dated December 12th, 2017, that lawyer, his name is Deepak pared. Paradkar. Uh, he denies any involvement or knowledge of how letters between Dylan and Christina were passed back and forth, even though his name is written on envelopes in which the letters were found. And the letters, quote, could have, sorry, quote, Could only have been transported from the jail by a lawyer. Police were advised by the security manager at the jail where Millard is housed that visits at the jail are not face to face, but rather through glass, such as that nothing could be exchanged. Police were told by the prison's security manager that the only way letters could get out if they weren't mailed was through a lawyer.
1: Yeah, that looks pretty fucking bad on the lawyer. I can't believe nothing happened of that.
0: So despite that looking terrible
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and the fact that literally everyone is saying no the only people that do face-to-face is the lawyer and no one else is allowed to do face-to-face so Peredkar has never been charged with any crime he never faced any repercussions or sanctions from the law society and according to christina nudga so i mean let's take that with 19 grain- grains of salt yep The lawyer would bring letters from Delon to his mother, Madeline Burns, and then Burns would pass them along to Noodga. So the general consensus is that Madeline passed the letters around and Paradkar had no idea that the no-contact order between Christina and Dellen was being violated. Okay. That's... The general consensus, the fact that he, you know, stepped aside as Dylan's lead lawyer without an explanation for the Tim Bosma trial has never been publicly disclosed, but I'm sure the letters have nothing to do with it.
1: Oh, no, no, definitely not. Not that thing. <sighs> That would probably have something to do with it in any other instance,
0: but certainly no. But yeah. like, don't worry though, because you know he's still a defense attorney and he's remained busy and he has steady work. And uh, recently, he represented Karim Baratov, who's that 22-year-old Hamilton guy that was extradited to the U.S. Uh, and pleaded guilty in connection to that massive hack of Yahoo emails. Oh, <laughs> so that who's representing these days?
1: Well, you know, if it doesn't work out, he's got a lucrative career as a postman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm really great at handling letters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's I just had to dive into the letters more because it was driving me crazy. I was like, I'm missing something here. How is everyone going? Yeah, obviously it was the lawyer and then nothing. But it's because you couldn't prove that. He, the lawyer was directly directly handling it. it and there's only a no con- contact order between Dellen and Christina so if he's giving letters to Dellen's mom who was Dellen's power of attorney
2: mm-hmm.
0: then he could, could have just... just pleaded ignorance like I didn't know that she was gonna give yeah. pass them around or they weren't actually for her or whatever so that's what happened there
1: <laughs> even though clearly like you would know Anyway,
0: So, next, this section I have labeled people in this case.
1: <laughs> people in this case.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I named it that. <laughs> I just did a header, I guess. People in this case. Yeah. So, um, let me just scroll quickly through here. Okay, so it's people that are related to this case, a part of this case, whatever, that I just have some like follow-up for to kind of see you know where they're at these days or what happened to them or what their story is that kind of thing.
1: So, a where are they now section.
0: Like sort of. Yeah. In some people's cases. <laughs> Mark Smith. His family says he has blossomed in jail. He even finished grade 12.
1: wow i got i got (laughs) conflicted (laughs) my first inclination was congratulations
0: then i was like it's
1: mark smitch though so
0: he's blossomed in jail then he's finished grade 12 you know he was probably 36 years old when he finished grade 12 but he fucking did it
1: (laughs) all right i mean i uh Man, that is really fucking me up.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Also, I don't know if blossomed in jail is, like, really a good thing. Like, do you want to blossom in jail? He's
1: thriving.
0: He's leading the path.
1: You know what? I bet the structure and shit is probably very good for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope but... he's just not being a fucking idiot like Dylan is. Yeah. So that's probably all. probably is. That's all I'm going to give you on Mark. Who cares what else happened? Yeah, yeah, So he's thriving. He's blossoming. That he's and that finished- lucrative... Crap label,
1: he just just signed.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So the next person is Madeline Burns, which is Dylan's mom, who I've barely talked about until like the last couple of episodes Mm -hmm. because she's really not a part of it. Like she was basically like the invisible woman. She somehow managed to completely avoid the media throughout all of this chaos and Mm -hmm. instead supported Dylan like behind the scenes basically like kind of hung out in the background because i mean it is her son it's her only son and also because like she really believed that he was innocent that he was basically being framed and just was in total denial of everything From the time Dellen was charged with Tim's murder until he was convicted of killing his own father. So that's like a five-year span. Madeline remained devoted to Dellen. She refused to speak to the police. Um, Like I had mentioned, Dellen granted her power of attorney so she could handle his finances and sort of make decisions on his behalf. Mm -hmm. Dellen transferred three of his properties to her for a dollar each so that she could sell them since he couldn't sell them, he's in prison. Yeah. And then she would use the profits or the money made from those sales to repay a bank loan taken out by Millard Properties and then to help pay for his legal fees, you know. She also sold the company's interest in a hangar at the Waterloo Airport for $4.8 million. Oh. So she was just liquidating yeah. on Dylan's behalf. to the
1: demo lady. Mm-hmm. Holy shit.
0: So that... He would have some money for lawyers and oh probably to pay off all of the fucking debt he had.
1: All the work that Wayne put into all this shit Gone. and one little fucking chode of a person just blows at to fucking smithereens. Mm-hmm. Completely.
0: Ugh. Then there's the fact that if what Christina says is true, then that means that Madeline was also supporting Dellen by helping Dellen and Christina like circumvent that no contact order mm-hmm. by delivering the letters.
1: That's super greasy too. If she really did that,
2: I mean, it kind of sounds like she did.
1: It does sound like she did that. It does sound like she did that.
0: It's just I'm just going off what I read.
1: Online. <laughs> without without making any accusations whatsoever.
0: What do I know? Okay, I'm lucky I finished grade twelve. <laughs> 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 Apparently, oh, my God, I forgot about this part.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck, though. No. What is it? He was whipping around his rat tail like a bullwhip.
0: Oh, my God, I forgot about this part. It's so bad. Okay. Apparently, Madeline also helped Dylan and Christina communicate by phone. One time, she took Christina to a pay phone. And called the contraband cell phone that Dylan had in his cell. As she handed the receiver to Christina, so Dylan could serenade her with "Wonderwall" by Oasis.
1: No, no fucking way. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, he is that person. He's just that. He's just that person.
0: All into a ball. So funny and sad and awful and gross and horrible
1: i just you know like it, it would be like the cringiest like office scene and just his mom
0: is there watching. too yeah and he's singing to his girlfriend
1: and she's and probably said, like
0: baby. she's
1: probably just like
0: uh she probably loved it oh kidding? yeah
1: yeah yeah Probably christina
0: probably loved it madeline probably was I don't know, I feel like that woman disassociated on a regular basis. Yeah. But I also thought it was so funny because I just found this out today while I was researching, like, you know, like, Madeline, where is she today? That kind of stuff. And just seeing what her role was. Then I started laughing because it's funny. And then I was laughing harder because in, like, part three maybe, Mm-hmm. We were making fun of Mark Smith And yep. how he's probably that guy that unprompted raps to people. Yep. And then how I was making fun of people. You can't be inside the party or outside the party. Because if you go in, there's some douchebag playing Wonderwall.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: And like literally, Dylan is that guy.
2: Yeah.
1: They're they just the insufferable Everything duo.
0: thing is so insufferable. And... Apparently, Christina gave like told this as part of her testimony. So then when she was talking in the courtroom in front of everybody and the courtroom collectively just started laughing at her (laughs) when they heard that he serenaded her with a wonder wall.
2: Oh,
1: you know what? I bet everyone was trying their damnedest not to as well. But you can't not fucking laugh. You're trying
0: not to laugh and you look at that one person you should never look at who's like yeah they give you at, that look yeah and then you, you lose it <laughs> yep. there's probably a snowball effect like that yep there's actually a few times apparently during her testimony that people just laughed at her because she's so fucking dumb
2: oh
1: man i don't know if i could handle it like i would probably get kicked out they would yeah, be too. like you need to leave i'd be like yes i do <laughs>
0: listen sir you're not wrong okay let me just say that first but i'm disappointed
1: go. in your decision but i understand and, and respect it <laughs> you No, know
0: and i was actually on my way out see ya. <laughs> So uh, uh, Madeline was actually subpoenaed to attend the trials, but never called as a witness. And she only showed up briefly to that one court date that I mentioned when Dylan was on trial for murdering his father. And other than that, she was MIA. She wasn't around at all. She did not want to be. Well, that was until Dylan's March 2023 court date for that prison assault charge. You know, the whole Millhaven.
1: She showed up for that one?
0: Yeah. There weren't very many people in attendance, so it was, like, very quiet. Except for this random outburst by Madeline, who appeared to grow, like, very frustrated at the Crown's line of questioning. And she was, like, just shaking her head and audibly scoffing and just saying stuff under her breath. And then the OPP officer had to be like, yo, shut the fuck up. Or (laughs) else we're kicking you out. So.
1: I don't... You know that OPP officer was like not a timid looking dude either. Oh, he was no. probably like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> it's just like, Ugh.
0: <laughs> well, I doubt he actually was like,
1: "Shut the fuck up." In my head, that's canon. That's what exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to know what else is canon in your head.
1: That's true. Oh, yeah. it's wild. In the there. whipping
0: of the rat tail. The bull whip. Okay, so <laughs> when it comes to Madeline, like where she's at today, what she's doing, where whatever i have no idea i don't know this is all i know about madeline burns oh i actually kind of don't like that
1: because like i could run into her at any point and not know oh
0: <laughs> well i don't think i don't what is that what would that even that doesn't even matter to me it does okay well you probably run into so many people and you're like <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i just don't need the extra
0: same though i'm like ew is that a person
1: it's wild to me that she's managed to like keep herself isn't
0: it crazy on
1: the dl like that
0: this it. this was a media frenzy this was everywhere yeah. and she wasn't she was nowhere she just managed to just sneak around like a little ghoul in the back yeah it's wild
1: uh she's I, an enigma an enigma she's like the phantom of the Dellen.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. 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 You know, sometimes you win some, sometimes you don't.
0: It's all right. Yeah. As you know. So, Christina Nudga, what's she doing? Who, What's she doing? The, the little crusty crab who maintained her loyalty, her loyalty to Dellen even after his arrest. And she herself is a convicted criminal, let's not forget, obstruction of justice. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know what she's doing now? She's a cop. Oh, she's on the verge of becoming a medical doctor. Really? Yeah, so in 2017, the year after Tim Bosma's murder trial and she had secured that super sweet plea deal for herself, she entered Poznan University of Medical Sciences in Poland. And if she completed that six-year medical program, then she's likely already graduated and... At this point, literally right now, she's probably eligible to apply for her residency.
1: Oh, my God. And could be
0: a fucking MD.
1: That's fucking wild.
0: Is that despicable? Yeah. What is the thing, the, like, oath thing doctors take? The Hippocratic?
1: Hippocratic oath?
0: You want her? You think she's going to take that and mean it?
1: It would be the hypocritical oath.
0: You want Christina (laughs) Nudga giving you your pap test or whatever? I don't. You want her anywhere near you? No.
1: Nope. Oh my god, that's fucking. Uh, Never in a million years would I have guessed that's what she's up to.
0: I was reading that and I was like, this is fucking bullshit.
1: This is fucking bullshit.
0: bullshit. What are you talking about?
1: Shipped off to Poland where no one would fucking know and then bam. Bam. Bam.
0: Gonna be a medical doctor. I hope. Ugh. Ugh. You know what, Canada likely won't let her back here to become a doctor, Mm. but Mm. she has a criminal record, she has no moral or ethical code, and I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) I hate her. Yeah. I hate everyone in this story.
1: Yeah. It's just a parade of idiots.
0: It's awful. Yeah. Somebody could have Christina as their doctor. Are you kidding? <laughs> Laura's family. Um, I don't really know what they're doing. They have remained very private, which is totally understandable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, last thing I kind of read was mainly just about how, you know, Dylan and Mark had been appealing their sentencing and their convictions and stuff. So when the Supreme Court of Canada had said that parole ineligibility for 75, 50 years, whatever, was unconstitutional, you know, they were upset by that, hearing that they would get reduced down to 25 years. Yeah. So that's kind of the last thing I know. And other than that, they remain private. And if you do know them, respect their privacy. Okay. Yeah. They want to be private. They don't want to be in the limelight. Leave them alone. I'm saying, like, everyone's trying to specifically find more <laughs> there, about family. There's
1: like maps and yarn string <laughs> on the wall.
0: <laughs> and the last person I'll give an update on is Charlene Botsma. Charlene has always held Tim close in her heart. She says that her faith has carried her through and is what propels her and her family forward. But that does not mean she's willing to forgive her husband's murderers. She said, quote, it's not my responsibility for, to forgive them. That's up to God. Which God, I
1: love. I fucking love this woman. Because
0: so many times you will listen to cases and the family or the survivor, whoever it is, will say that they forgive you. You, you know, I forgive you. It's part of my faith to forgive you or in order for me to move on i have to forgive you or whatever Mm -hmm. that's like no you don't no you don't you don't have to forgive them at all and Mm -hmm. charlene is saying that you know what i don't forgive them it's not my responsibility to forgive them and that's up to god yeah and i'm like amen charlene yeah i don't think i could forgive them either
1: no fuck those guys they The idea that you can forgive someone for killing someone you love is, like, the most absurd request out of someone who's already traumatized, like... Yeah. It's just ridiculous.
0: Exactly. And the fact that he was murdered so horribly, and then incinerated, and they have a daughter together, who is 12 now, so I think that their daughter will be 13 this year, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have a dad, like... Charlene doesn't have to forgive you?
1: Fuck no. Fuck that.
0: So, yes, the daughter is 12 now. And Charlene has kept notes from the trial, tucked away to share when the time is right. She's also saved letters and cards from friends and photos and videos of Tim so her daughter will always know who her father was and to uphold the legacy of who Tim was in life. Because Charlene has said... Quote, this is not the Dylan Millard story or the Mark Smith story. This is Tim's story. So that's how she wants to really keep it and talk to her daughter about it. Mm-hmm. When the trial was over, Charlene thought about moving, but she had built a life in Ancaster with Tim and in the house that they had built together. So she wasn't ready to leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She had said, quote, you never move on, you move forward. To me, there's a huge difference. I'm never going to leave that part of me behind. Tim is always going to be with me. Because for a brief flash of time, we were a we. There was an us.
2: Mm. Beautiful. hmm Yeah.
0: Charlene has kept Tim's memory alive through Tim's tribute and the healing tree. Tim's tri- tribute was founded in 2015... And it provides financial assistance and support to local families who have lost loved ones to homicide in both the immediate aftermath of the tragedy as well as during the trial. So there's like a financial and support aspect to this charity. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. It is. Charlene has worked endlessly to be happy and to have a stable life for her and her daughter. In 2018, Charlene finally moved away from Manchester. And she got remarried to a man named Wes, who was actually one of Tim's closest friends. Oh, okay. So, he was living out west. Wes was out west during the trial. Yeah. Right. yep. But after a difficult divorce in 2017, he moved back to Ontario, where he and Charlene leaned on each other for support, and their friendship, you know, turned romantic.
2: Hmm.
0: So on September 8th, 2018, they held a little private, like, backyard wedding at their new home together. So well, that's nice. She's, like, she said, moving forward. Mm-hmm. She's not going to move on, but she's moving forward. She's married to someone who was close to Tim, so they can kind of, like they said, lean on each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm just happy that she's doing well. Yeah. She started this charity. You know, like, Chalene is fucking cool. Yeah, she is. Just wild. And she'll like, not like recently, but in the years following the murder and the trial and everything, she was still sitting down and doing interviews. Uh, She was even in like a Fifth Estate one. Mm Mm-hmm. A mini documentary thing. She is very open. Like, she's just so strong. And how she was always addressing the media and everything. I don't know. She just... Could learn a lot from a woman like Charlene, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the final section of my writings of this episode... That I have very fittingly titled conclusion slash epilogue.
1: Oh, that <laughs> is quite fitting. <laughs> Do you want me to like get epilogue music for you?
0: Epilogue music? <laughs> um, no. But I'm just going to read off this r- long rant that I've written to close this out, and then we'll and then then we'll see. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Tim Bosma and Wayne Millard's deaths were avoidable. Now, that's not to take away from Laura Babcock's death, but she was the first victim of Dylan Millard and Mark Smitch, and the Toronto Police dropped the ball with her, you know, disappearance, which is how it was reported at first. Sean Lerner and Laura's family reported Laura missing. They were trying to get the police to take their report seriously. Sean went to the police many times. He even went there armed with her phone records that show Dellen was the last person in contact with her. And if you'll remember from part five, they were in contact over 100 times. Dellen wasn't even interviewed or questioned in any capacity by officials. You know, Sean (laughs) took everything on his own, went out there, met him, talked with him and everything. But there was nothing... Officially done from the police's end. And the police blatantly ignored Laura's case and it fell to the wayside. The Toronto police missed crucial clues and failed on all fronts until they were forced to backtrack and take Laura's case seriously. They never publicly mentioned Laura's case and Dylan's connection to it until... Tim Bosma was taken and murdered, and then they finally held a press conference, and that's nearly a year after Laura's disappearance. So for eleven months, they sat on Dylan's connection to Laura's disappearance. They had the phone records. Sean gave them to the police, and they did nothing. In this press conference, they claimed that everything they did was by the books, and they performed an exhaustive investigation, which is a blatant lie and. Frankly, it is insulting to Laura and her loved ones and to Tim's family. They had Dellen's name and phone number in their hands for months and did nothing. This allowed Dellen to continue murdering. He murdered his father four months after he murdered Laura, and he murdered Tim six months after he murdered Wayne. Tim Bosma wasn't targeted for who he was. He was targeted for what he had. The terrifying part is that he could have been anyone trying to sell a diesel Dodge Ram 3500. If Tim was trying to sell any other truck, he would still be alive today. But Dylan needed a diesel Dodge truck for his stupid dreams of racing in the Baja 500, but wanted to cut down on fuel costs. He could have simply stolen the truck, but Dylan is a sick. Murdering Thrill Seeker, who at that point had gotten away with two murders and thought he could get away with a third because he's entitled and thought he was godlike. Charlene Bosma said, quote, The devil led the vilest form of evil down my driveway, and he smiled at me before taking Tim away. That's a very powerful quote.
1: Yeah, that one's intense.
0: Dellen took Tim from a loving family. Tim's daughter has grown up without knowing her father. Charlene lost her husband. His parents lost their son and his sisters lost their only brother who they adored. Laura's parents lost their only daughter and her brother lost his sister, a sister who had dreams of becoming an actress and making a name for herself. Wayne was murdered by his own son and never got to see his legacy project come to fruition. These murders were senseless and cruel and carried out by two dirtbag losers who are exactly where they should be and even though they're lucky as fuck to be eligible for parole in 15 years at this point, they don't deserve it, and they should never see the light of day again.
1: Amen. That was really good. That's it? Yeah.
0: That was my conclusion epilogue rant.
1: How do you feel knowing that seven episodes deep dive into this case is finally wrapped up?
0: Um... It's a loaded question. Mm. Okay, so it feels good. I actually don't want to read anything about Dylan Millard ever again. Mm -hmm. I hate him. I think he's disgusting. And the consistent thing I hear from people who have listened to these episodes is that it's very obvious that I hate (laughs) him. (laughs) Even in the way I say his stupid fucking name. Yeah. But um, it's kind of bittersweet too because it has been, at this point, seven weeks seven episodes mm-hmm. so that's that seven weeks of diving into this and um yeah, it's like weird but also good because I don't want to do it anymore. yeah I don't want I don't want I don't want this no more. <laughs> I wanted to dive into it. I really wanted to do all of these cases justice uh it's close to home, you know like mm-hmm. this happened right around the corner. And it's a case that I have always been interested in. And I feel like a lot of people from this area have heard of it, but maybe weren't super familiar. And now there's a seven-part series (laughs) available for people who want to really dive in and hear it. And I know your question was only, how do you feel now that it's done? But there you go. That's another rant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That was a seven-part answer. (laughs) You did a great job. And it was really in-depth. And I learned a lot because I didn't really know much about this case. So, (sniffs) chef's kiss.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's the crimes of Dylan Millard and Mark Smitch, a.k.a. the murders of Tim Bosma, Laura Babcock, and Wayne Millard. Dylan Dylan Millard is officially a serial killer, and I hope he never fucking gets out of jail. Yeah, he might be eligible for parole in fifteen years now at this point because he went in at twenty in twenty thirteen, but he can suck a huge fat rat tail and <laughs> never get out. Yeah. And Mark Smith, you're thriving behind bars. Okay, just stay there. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for saying that it was um chef's kiss because yeah it did work really hard on this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you little listener i hope you enjoyed it too you know that's it did you enjoy it it was seven parts are you done are you glad it's done i can't hear them
1: yeah <laughs> yeah they talk quite quietly <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know what you can do if you enjoyed it? You can leave a little positive review or share the series with a fellow true crime love and friend, you know? That'll help. Mm-hmm. Next week, I don't know what we're going to do, man.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> we're in existential crisis mode.
0: I think that we're going to do something fun. Yeah. let's let's Next week, let's walk away from true crime for a minute. Let's just take a little true crime break. I don't know what we should do. Just something fun. Maybe. A
1: 10-part series into the amniville horror massacres.
0: Okay. Well, you added massacres, so that was interesting. Is it not massacre? It's not at was all. Was it
1: not a massacre, Brianna?
0: It was slightly. It was a mass. Killing. Occur. Oh, touche. <laughs> um, no, I'm not doing that. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> so I, well, just I just don't even fun. want to hear that one. I don't uh, know what that means yet, so it'll be a surprise to everybody. But I don't want to do your crime right now. Yeah. And then soon there will be some sort of collaboration with Paige as well, so that will also be fun. Um. What do I do now?
1: You tell everybody where you're gonna catch them.
0: On the dark side. Yeah. It feels so abrupt.
1: Oh. I can do the kissing thing again. No,
0: no. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. (laughs) So next week, it'll be something fun. Paige will be back at some point. Not next week, but at some point. uh, Check us out on Instagram, Jack Adaptation Podcast. There'll be tons of photos related to this case. I mean, it's like part seven, guys. Like there's already like, you know, a bunch of other photos there. If you haven't already checked them out, do that. And then while you're there, you can also be like, yo, what's up, guys? You did such a good job on this seven-part series, and I really love it. And I shared it with a friend, and they love it too. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the dark side.
1: Bye. Thanks.